God has done so many awesome things this weekend. It's just been crazy. I didn't get home till 11 o'clock last night. You know, it's kind of weird that, you know, you go home, well, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm drunk, but uh, where you been? Uh, uh, church. You know, and, but it's good. It's so good. It's so good. You stay in and get in God's presence. Uh, but uh, uh, I just want to declare a couple of things just going forward. Um, you know, this conference, the title of it was, what was the title of it? Um, Powered by His Presence. Uh, you have to ask me my name sometime and I'll forget. It's Rick. Yeah, I'm Rick. <laughs> Empowered. The only thing that's good for me. Yeah, I, I never forgot that one. I don't want to boast in anything, but but uh, to speak some things going forward, because uh, um, as we were praying that, you know, and you know, a lot of times when you get in this place, you want to get just get really ready to, to receive the word, you know, like yeah, yeah. But I just feel like all of a sudden we're declaring this, and all of a sudden this just hardcore soberness hit me, and. Uh, Y'all, we got, there's an opportunity in commissioning from the Lord before us. It's a tremendous joy and excitement to see people's lives touched and changed. You know, I, you know, I don't have to work for a living. You know, you know, I, I mean, don't have to be here. Don't have to do that. And except because God's call. But the big thing is, is the passion to see people's lives changed and free. You know, there's nothing like sitting in front of somebody and, and seeing God touch their lives. And right before your eyes, you see transformation occur. And, uh, and, and it's really cool because this body has got this cool opportunity before us. And, uh, and so I just really believe the word that Joaquin's God for us as we go forward from here is just really two things. One is saturating ourselves with the character and nature of who our God is. Embracing his heart. Um, yeah, because the um, Lord reminded me of this morning of the word that God gave me the, the week of uh, April 16th. You know, 2007. Was it seven? Yeah, 2007. And it's interesting to me. I can't remember. It was about three or four years later. There was the shooting at uh, New River. Which... Praise God, nobody was killed, but some precious people to us in this body uh, were wounded in that, and we saw women walking with them in the process of the residual effects of that. And uh, with that weekend of April 16th, God just reminded me, he says, you've got to realize, remember this, Rick. Those two major principles that I've declared is you face and you deal with adversities and circumstances and situations in this world. One is... God says, I'm not of this world. Now let that sink in. I am not of this world. You are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. He's not of this world. Therefore, we cannot allow the circumstances and situations in this world dictate to us who he is. You hear that? And I know you've heard me say it before, but I want to say it again. We do not allow the circumstances and situations in this world dictate to us who he is. The situations and circumstances in this world point to who? The ruler of this world. Right? 
And also the circumstances and situations in this world that occur in our lives don't dictate to us who we are. All that comes and dictates who we are is the voice out of heaven that God says his glory. Second thing is I want to reiterate. God says, I'm not of this world. And second thing is he says, I'm not the taker, I'm the giver of life. Just let that sink in. The thief comes to what? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. What? From the Father of lights, from which there is no variation or shifting shadow. And I just really felt the Lord was telling me this morning, speak that into the atmosphere. And Joaquin just beautifully has been declaring that all weekend, which is so cool. Just the awesomeness and the goodness of our daddy in heaven. And so this commission that we have to go forward, um, you know, I believe is, is, is the Lord. And I need to say this, y'all, because one of the things in relationship to that, we, uh, you know, a while back we made this, uh, we told, we prayed about with the body, the situation with the adventure world. And, you know, it went up for, it went for bankruptcy, went for auction, and then we were negotiating with the bank and somebody outbidded us and bought it. And so we're all going, okay, well, it's over, it's over with, but a lot of us are going, it ain't over with. Well, can I tell you it's not over with? And I need to let the body be informed of something. This week I met with the person who bought it. And, you know, Bob Anderson and, and Janelle have been working with us in this also, looking at this. And so I met with the, uh, the person who did buy it. And I just got to let you all know, we, I made an offer on it and uh, so guess what I, we haven't bought it yet I know no. he's pondering what's going on because I made these offers I gave him two options and and he was had all these plans to do it on his own you know the whole thing and everything that he's planned on is falling apart and I didn't want to say to him well sir <laughs> You can save yourself a lot of trouble and just go ahead and. So, uh, so I just want y'all to be praying this week. God's will be brought about it. And if God gives us that place, let me say this, y'all, it's going to transition us into another realm that we cannot, we got to think even more outside of ourselves. So, you know, we're going, okay, Lord, you know, you got people, crazy people like Emily is working with the youth, you know, you know, say, all right, come on, go, you know. Of course, there are a bunch of you crazies in here that we're just going to say, go. Not you. <laughs> so, I was, that was the, what do you call it when you say something that's reversed? I meant, like, you're crazy. We're proof of your truth. You're not excluded from crazy. <laughs> 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 or weird or whatever that is. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can we agree together? <laughs> Joaquin says, can we agree up here? I says, that you're crazy? And I agree. <laughs> if that ain't the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
I got to admit, when, when uh, Renee shared the testimony of you getting drunk at the table, at your father, future father-in-law's table, I mean, that took it to another level, bro. In the spirit, that was, y'all. I mean. So can we pray this out? Can we pray this? It's not a laboring thing. It's not a, but, you know, we want to hear the strategy of heaven. And, and I, I, let me just tell you this, y'all. The, the, the way that we're pres our offerings are presented, he is going to have to gift us a whole lot of money. And he's listening to it. Huh? Is there a way we can sow a seed? And even like if it doesn't happen, whatever. But like, can we sow something? Is it too, like, is that jumping the gun? I don't know, I'm asking. I just stuck with you. That's why I'm going to pray. We're going to ask strategies to happen. I can't, can't help but forget about Josh and, and Rena's uh, $5.20 on the, this building. And I'm, so that's, that's, we want to hear the strategy of heaven. So as we're praying this, you know, if we got to give something, sow something. And, uh, you know, so. And I, I just want to share this. Is the person who bought it was... Uh, a person, I don't want to speak his name to put pressure into the atmosphere, but he's a, he's a very influential businessman in this area, very rich. And every time I've met with him, every time I've just walked away very humble because he's forgotten a whole lot more than I ever know about business. And it's just amazing. And he is really considering how to help us in this. So we're going to bless him. So we're going to pray that God give us the strategies, and we don't want to be like witchcraft going grabbing you know, that, because this is a man of honor. He really is. He's a man of honor in this community. And, and I praise God for Janelle and Bob in their heart. And, you know, and we, there's a place that we've got to really think about sowing in, in relationship to. So. All right, well, let's pray. Can we agree on this? Lord, we, just, we thank you, Lord, for what uh, you're doing in the New River Valley. Lord, how your heart to express your goodness. And Lord, we just, there's a part of me just going, okay, wake up. Wake up. And Lord, uh, and Lord, thank you that it's the preciousness of this body. I declare as an elder, Lord, that you granted me the honor and privilege of being a part of this family. And Lord, we want to come as a family and agree that your will be brought about in this next step in adventure world. And Lord, if you impart it to us, Lord, that you would give us the wisdom to be a blessing even greater measure into this community of the New River Valley. And Lord, so we ask for your wisdom. And as Daniel spoke, Danielle spoke out, Lord, Lord, if there's something you want us to sow in a way, Lord, give us wisdom in how and what to do. What seed, Lord, let it come forth from the body, Lord. So give us wisdom, give us wisdom, God, the movements of God, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Just, I think Brandon's going to come, and I'm, I'm going to take the, I'm going to encourage us in our giving. Um, this is an offering for the ministry that's gone on this weekend. It pays expenses, it blesses. Uh, the, the mouthpieces of the Lord, the hands, the feet of the Lord. And 
I was asking the Lord about it, and he said to me, he said, you know, uh, when you introduced yourselves, Renee asked us, you know, well, who are you? And I said, well, I'm Tulio, and this is Tammy, and I deal with the black, the white, and the red. It's the numbers of the church. It's the black and white that you see, and the red is what Jesus does. Come on. The red is what, what Jesus does. It's kind of funny, you know, Mitch and I are uh, joined at the hip a lot of times, and there's about... 300 yards between us in that joining. And I believe that one day uh, Mitch is going to pray for someone that's dead and they're going to raise. I, I believe he has the faith for that. And the Lord showed that to me. That it, And there's a lot of times I probably challenge uh, Mitch in the same way with the finances because Mitch says, where is that money? And I said, I don't know. It's there. And um, he has said to me before, I've spent the church's money three times. He said, where did that come from? I don't know. I just keep... And it's the reality in the designated uh, account, every time we close that account and reopen it and move it to another bank, there's more money in there. There's just more money in there. And I, I was standing here worshiping, and the Lord said to me, he said, you know, when you introduced yourself, you, you said that, but then you said, but we're the, we're the couple that doesn't understand volume. You know, we just scream. Like, we just don't. <laughs> Everyone wishes we had a little bit of volume control, you know, and we take it away, and it's still happening, and. And he took me to the, the, the scripture in, uh, let me make sure I get this right, in, um, I want to say it's in Corinthians, no, no, Romans 8, Romans 8, he brought me to, but in Romans 8 where it talks about our victory being in Christ and it says that Christ had a groaning too deep for words. And the Lord said to me, you know, that sometimes we manage our finances a little bit differently than we manage walking in the spirit. We manage our finances in a place that, that I've got to see it in the black and the white, but I want to come over here and, and manage the manifestation of God in the red, in the, in the blood of Jesus. And I, I, I'm going to push us today. I mean, I'm pushing myself. But, but the Lord said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking people to sow out of words that they understand. I'm asking them to sow out of the groanings, the deep, that I'm speaking to them. And there's something that's going on in you, Lord. I thank you that you're speaking to us and that you call for our dollars, our checks to groan. You call for them to groan from deep places. You, you call for them to, to say, manifest yourself. You're a good, good father. Lord, that I not limit myself in my own understanding, but that I walk trust in you God you're speaking to us Lord thank you that we get to respond to you respond to you amen amen I'm going to be reminded the thousand texts are coming through I hear them on my phone you make your check to dwelling place this is not our tithe and offering so if you're if you're tithing I know some of you write it at the bottom of the check we won't see that until next week and so I would say 100% of what comes in these baskets, we, we immediately are sowing out this afternoon into the cost of this weekend, okay? Lord, I, I thank you that in our tithing, Lord, you've called us blessed. You've called us blessed. You've called us blessed givers. You've called us blessed sowers in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, how many people were blessed by the conference this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was awesome. It was awesome. So I, I just first really want to just give praise and glory to God for just really just orchestrating this relationship with this beautiful family. 
we were, uh, Renee and Joaquin and I were, uh, were just talking across at the house and at the table um, just yesterday, and we're, they were kind of like, now how did we know you guys? I mean, like, there was like literally no relationship before, uh, before us. So, um, so I'm, I'm not going to introduce them today with their, you know, their um, dialogue or, or their bi biography. You can read that on the wall. But uh, I'm going to introduce them by this picture right here, because I, I think I think here the picture says a thousand words, right? Right. So uh, now, do you guys see a couple? Do you see a couple here that are slaves to fear? No, no. I don't, I don't see a couple there. That, do you see a couple there that's that's striving, right there? Do y'all see a couple? No. Yeah, I don't see a couple that's striving. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> do you see a couple there that's worried? Worried about the worries of this world? No, I don't see. I don't see a couple. What do you see there? What do you see there? Freedom. I see freedom. What else? Jesus freaks. Maybe. Yeah. Anything else? Joy. Amen. Rest. Delight. Exactly. So I see all those things in that. And, it, and it's really Joaquin and Renee are, are not preaching a gospel that there will never be problems in your life. I mean, you just heard Renee share yesterday that. Um, about their airplane trip over here with the kids. I mean, I, I can imagine that was a lot of fun. So, uh, but instead, with, the, with their message is, instead of focusing on your problems, you're focusing on the solution to the problems, which is fully God. So um, it just reminds me of this verse. Uh, it's Luke 12, 32. God, God strongly gave this to me this week. It says, do not be afraid, little children. Actually, it says, do not be afraid, little flock was kind of interesting. For your father has chosen, has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so when I look at that picture, I, I just visualize just the kingdom of God, the God of this universe, just smiling, grinning, looking down upon them, just pouring out the kingdom of God on, on them. So I just, um, that's really just all I'm going to say about these guys, because uh, I think that picture in itself just really demonstrates what they've, they've really grasped the revelation of that verse. And I'm going to read it again. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom of God. So I'm going to welcome Joaquim and Renee, and they're going to come up. Yay, Jesus. Oh, is anybody happy? Is anybody really, really happy? Yeah. Who's the most happy person in the room? Yeah. That lady in the back, come on. There you are. Now we know which direction to face when we preach. Come on, Jesus. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Anybody have some more room for joy? Come on. Any. Anybody have some more room for joy? <laughs> Let's just tell God right now. Just put your hand on your heart and just tell him, Jesus, I have some more room for your joy. I ask that you would increase my capacity to host your goodness and to host your joy in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would get me good that you would do more in me than I could think or imagine. And Jesus, everything that you're doing in me, 
Give my neighbor double. Because they need it. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I know Brandon just asked the question, but how many people have been with us over the weekend? I couldn't see us sitting in the front row. Awesome. How many people have not been able to be with us over, over the weekend? Not too many of you. I'm sure you have a good excuse. <laughs> just kidding. Mostly kidding. All right. Now. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, uh, my wife does have a have uh, something on her heart she wants to share with you, and she shared a bit a few times already over the weekend, and has that been good when she shared? And, and so uh, let me just uh, welcome Renee, and she's going to come and share a little bit with you at the beginning here, so awesome. Thank you. Oh, am I on? Hello, hello. Yes. That was our engagement photo. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I don't know, I'm like, normal people just have like wandering through fields and all these, like, we're just like kind of laying down, getting whacked on the grass. Come on. That's true. The story of our marriage. Okay. I want to read to you a little bit through scripture because I just have a prophetic word that I feel um, isn't necessarily relevant to the whole body, but I believe there are a lot of people in here who are going to benefit from this word. Um, who just loves freedom? I am, I am just on a constant journey of becoming more and more free. You know, I love in Galatians 5.1 that it says, you have been set free for freedom's sake. Why have we been set free? So that we can be free. And you know one of the big reasons why I believe that we've been set free? is because I think that freedom is really attractive. Don't you agree? Yeah. And I believe that we are called to attract those on the outside walls of the church to come on the inside. Amen. We're called to be attractions of God's blessing, of his favor, of his goodness, and for that to manifest through our lives and for people to look at us and go, I want what she's got. I don't know what she's got, but I want it. Amen. And then we get to tell them how good our Jesus is. All right. So... In John 14, I'm just going to read these. They're really quick. I'm not going to be up here for long, so I can just read them. You can reference them later. But you all know the scripture. It's a really well-known one. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love how scripture is about connecting the dots. You know, one scripture in the New Testament can reveal truths and, and beautiful revelation about scriptures in the, in the Old Testament that we would never have context without the other. Amen? And vice versa, we learn cultures through some of the scriptures in the Old Testament that bring new truths into the New Testament scriptures for us. And so I love being able to connect scriptures together. And this one's my favorite. And then we go back to Matthew. And in seven, Matthew 7, 13... He says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. I used to translate that as a really scary scripture. When I had a lot of fear in my life, 
the, how I translated that scripture was, oh gosh, I'm on a narrow road. It's going to be difficult. Christianity is going to be hard, but by the skin of my teeth, I'm going to make it. You know, and some of us are like doing that, right? We're, right, we're walking this tightrope of Christianity and we're so scared that we're going to fall off one way and not be able to get to the life that's promised us. Amen. And, and I was reading that scripture, and that's how I interpreted it my whole life until I read um, John, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you just flip back, and it says, narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. So more accurately, if you put those two, two scriptures together, narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to Jesus. Because Jesus is the life that we're all after, Right? That's really good news. You know why? Because if you're born again, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, guess what? You have found life. You're no longer on the narrow road. You are no longer on this tightrope of faith trying to get somewhere. And if you step in one direction and fall off, you're not falling out of grace. And I believe, I just got this picture of there's these big, wide, open fields in front of so many of us. And some of us are so paralyzed by fear that we're not going in the right direction, that we're not hearing the voice of the Lord correctly, that we just, we stand stagnant, never entering into the fullness that God has for us. And it's just, it's such a shame, you know, because... I'm a big believer that God wants you to do what you love doing. I don't believe that God wants you to just get by doing something that you hate doing that brings you no joy. And I'm like, hey, if it brings you life, God wants you to do it. He doesn't want you to live in this place of fear. He doesn't want you to live in this place that, oh, gosh, if I miss the voice of God right now, My my whole Christianity could go by the wayside. (laughs) I might not make it. You have found life. You are not on a narrow road anymore. And I'm not saying that Christianity is easy and it's perfect and beautiful, as the plane ride over here told us, and, you know, as having toddlers every day tells us and pastoring a group of powerful people tells us every day. Like, we have our challenges. We really do. But you know what? It's so freeing knowing that any mistake that you make, it's not, detriment, it's not detrimental to your faith. It's really not. And, and the Lord told me one time, you know, Renee, you just got to keep going. It's a green light until it's red. And so many Christians live their life like it's a red light until it's green. And I think to myself of, of ships in the sea, you know, it's so much easier turning a ship that's moving into a different direction than it is turning a ship that's just still and it's at a standstill. So even if you're heading in the wrong direction, he can redirect you to the direction that he has for you. But the point is, is you're moving. And I just want to encourage you, if, if there's a decision in your life or if there's a direction of your life that you're feeling excited about, you're feeling called to, but you just, you've got this fear in you that, Oh gosh, it might not be the right way. I'm just going to stand still. I'm just going to stand in my fear until I hear otherwise. Until the Lord has given me three signs, two dreams, four prophetic words, and a visitation from Gabriel. 
You know, like some of us need that sometimes. And God's like, come on, just go. He never, you know, if his word never returns void, then when he told the disciples to go, you know, that word is still relevant to us. That word is still a creating word. You know, the universe around us is still creating. Did you know that? When God said, let there be life, it's still happening. Because he never put an end to that word. And when he told his disciples to go, it hasn't changed. There's nowhere where he says, go, but wait, wait, stop. Wait, wait, stop, stop, and, and I'll, I'll tell you when to go. No, he just said, go. There is so much freedom if we get this. And I tell you what, a life lived doing what you love, that's what he wants. And I say to people everywhere that we go, I mean, we do what we would do for free. If we didn't get paid to do this, guess what? We'd still do it. We'd find a way. <laughs> and, and it's awesome. And there's not very many people who can say, I'm doing what I would do for free. But I believe that the Lord, whatever that is in your life, wherever that is in, in serving and in, in your career or whatever it is, I believe the Lord wants you to be passionate he wants you to be fully alive in what you're doing. And I want to encourage you to go in that direction. It's the direction he wants you to be in. And I just want to encourage you to let fear just fall by the wayside because you have found life. You are living in life. And guess what? There's a huge open field of possibilities in front of you. And sometimes we just got to take the step out. We just got to start moving. Amen. Come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. If that's you, if, if you're like resonating with what I'm saying, I just want you to stand up because I just want to pray over you. I want to release yeah. this over you. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious, man. I'm like, whoa, this is it. Psalm 37.5 says this. Here are everything she's saying here. Psalm 37.5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. Now, hear what, you know what the Greek Hebrew word for commit means? This. I'll show you. It's right here. Watch this. Roll a ball. Just roll the ball of your life toward the Lord. And he said what? I will do it. Roll. Roll. Yeah, okay, come on. Come on. Holy rollers. All right. <laughs> All right, Jesus, put your hand on your head for me. This is one of Joaquin's prayers, but I believe it's powerful, and it should just be prayed every day. Repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus. give me the grace to turn this off. Now put your hand on your heart. Jesus, give me the grace to turn this on. Thank you, Jesus. God, we want to be people who are led by the Spirit. We want to be people who are led by your voice. And we don't want to be people who are just immobilized by fear. So we just thank you, God, that you're just going to wash through this room right now, taking every fear away from the people. Lord, we just thank you that your destiny, that your goal, that your 
Your just desire for us is to live lives that we love, that we enjoy what we're doing so that we become attractive to the world around us, God. We thank you, God, that there is an open field before us, and we ask that you would just give us the courage to step out, God. We ask that you would just give us the courage to step into the unknown. Wow, and God, most of all, we just praise you and we just thank you that we have found life in you, Jesus. Jesus, that you are our life. We have found you. There's no narrow road anymore, God. There's a big open field. And we just thank you that like children, we get to run and we just get to play in your grace and in your love and in your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Father. Yay, Jesus. Is that a good word? Wow. How many people have noticed that the kingdom of heaven is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside? Two people. <clears throat> well, we could, we could preach on that this morning. <clears throat> well, I tell you, I found more freedom in the kingdom before uh, than I ever had freedom outside of the kingdom. Outside of the kingdom, you're bound by fear and circumstance, and the world thinks they have freedom, but they're really bound up. When you get into the kingdom is when you find freedom. I'm like, wow, it's big and it's wide open. It's expansive in here. It'll take all eternity to explore what God has for us. Amen? Well, that's overwhelming. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to preach myself happy this morning. <laughs> Somebody say, come on, Jesus. Wow, that was a good word. Freedom is attractive. Amen? My wife is free and I think she's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yep. If you've been with us over the weekend, you're getting used to me. It's your first time with us this morning. You're like, that guy is crazy. <laughs> yep, you're right. I'm a little bit crazy, but Jesus has made me this way. <clears throat> yeah. Colossians 1. 27 says, it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. <clears throat> Amen? Uh, I tell you, Christ got in me and started messing around and just turning things upside down and inside out and making an old man disappear and he's filling me with new life and he just messed me up. He made me a little bit crazy, a little bit crazy in love, a little bit crazy for him. Have you ever noticed that that? When you're in love, you'll just do crazy things. <laughs> Nobody's ever been in love. <laughs> when you're in love, you'll do crazy things that only make sense to two people. <laughs> oh, that, that, that should be our, our life in Jesus right there. Just the willingness just to, just to you know, just be crazy because he's worth it. Oh, and not, not just the idea of God, but the person of God. How many people know Christianity is a person? <laughs> Maybe I'll pick another message. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's just pretend like we had two cups of coffee. <laughs> And just jump in to the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad that Christianity is not just a philosophy? Yes. 
that Christianity is not just a theory. That Christianity is not just a good idea. Christianity is a person. And his name is Jesus. And he's here this morning. And the, and the, the revelation, one of the revelations that changed my life is that he actually wants to be with me even more than I want him to be with me. Come on, Jesus. Is anybody hungry for the Lord in this place? Anybody giving their heart to Jesus? Anybody love worshiping the King of Kings? Wow, there's, there's a couple hundred people in this room who all came together this morning because you love Jesus. You all said no to something else so that you could be here, and most of us didn't even count it a cost. We're excited to come. You're like, oh, I get to worship Jesus this morning. I get to be in the fellowship of the believers. I get to be in his presence. And there's a couple hundred of us that are gathered together because like, ah, oh, I've given my life to Jesus. You can have it all. I'm coming together to worship you. And, and is Jesus up in heaven going, hmm, yeah, I'm not sure yet if I want to show up there. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it's, it's not in the nature of God. How many people recognize that hunger never goes unnoticed in the kingdom? It's not in the capacity. It's not in the capacity of the Lord that we serve to walk past hunger and not stop and take notice. He comes wherever there are hungry hearts. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Do you know that God was ready to be here this morning even before you thought about being here this morning? That, <sighs> that, that God, God is more excited for what he wants to do this morning than we are. Oh, come on, Jesus. Just say, come on, Jesus, whether you believe me or not. It just helped me out. <laughs> And we'll, we'll get there together. <clears throat> that's, that's the God we serve. Uh, he, he, he's not wondering to himself, hmm, there's a bunch, there's a couple hundred people who are hungry for me, who are giving the, their life to me, to worship me, and I'm, I'm still trying to decide if, yeah, I want to slide in there. No, that's not his nature. He was here waiting for us. <laughs> We talked about it all weekend long. The Bible says that he is in all and through all. The Bible says that all things were created by him and for him. That he's a good father, the giver of every good gift. You know, we don't always, we don't always need more of God to come. Although I believe that, I pray that, we sing that. But the reality is sometimes we just need to be more aware of the God that's already here. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to be numb in routine. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> but I want to be fresh in my awareness, in my desire, in my romance with God. Amen? One of my... Uh, our, our senior pastors, one of my favorite quotes of his is this, you know, you could tell how much, you could tell how much somebody knows they've been forgiven by the way they worship. 
<laughs> oh, man, we've had some good worship going on this weekend. Oh, I like it here. It feels good in this place. It feels like Jesus in here. <laughs> it feels like family in here, too. If you guys aren't aware yet, you've got a good thing going on. Yeah, well done, guys. <laughs> you got a good thing going on. You know what? Can we just give a hand to the leadership team here? Jesus. Uh, it, it's a good feeling to come into a place that, that is hungry for the presence of God, pressing in, growing in their awareness for, for the presence of God, and also feels really safe at the same time. Amen? And that's, that's what I feel in this place. Thanks, Jesus. Father, we love your presence. <laughs> How much of God is in the room right now? How much of God is in the room? The God, the God who wants to be with you more than you want him to be with you. The God, the God who recognizes that there's a couple hundred people gathering together to worship him. And Psalm 22 tells us he inhabits the praise of his people, Israel. Uh, the people that we've been grafted into, he inhabits our praise. How much of God is here right now? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it, and is, it, is it enough of God <laughs> to blow your mind? Is it enough of God to make you happy? Is it enough of God to fill you with joy? Is it enough of God to fill your heart with appreciation? Is it enough of God to fill our hearts with awe and wonder? Wow. <laughs> Or are we still waiting for something else to happen? Are we still waiting for, for the more? Are we still waiting for the, this, this intangible, something beyond what we have has to come and happen? But I tell you, we always want more. And there's always more available. And we're in process from going from glory to glory. Amen? But I tell you, one of the greatest ways to get more is for us to learn how to appreciate what we have. God responds to us responding to him. Come on, Jesus. Can I tell you something that God told me a while back? They begin to, again, change everything inside. And a while back, God, God said to me, he said, do you know there's no such thing as a little bit of God? <laughs> There's no such thing as a little bit of God. Do you, know, do you know that a spoonful of God, if you could put it that way, a spoonful of God is enough to change the world. <laughs> God spoke and the worlds were formed, great expanses that we don't even have the capacity to fathom all that's out there. To, to explore research to the very ends of, of the universe. And he just, he just breathed and there was life. Ah. 
A little bit of God is enough to change the whole world. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> One of the best ways to get more is to learn to appreciate what we have. <laughs> because I think there's more in what we have than we even sometimes recognize. Anybody believe that that could be true? <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus, that you're here right now. Thank you for your presence, God. Jesus, I thank you for all the wonderful things that you've done this weekend. God, restoring healing, hearing, and restoring bodies. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, feet turning in, and heard a testimony last night of a young lady who had a, a had a, a gap in her skull, a hole in her skull from where they'd done surgery, and the and the and the hole filled in. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. <laughs> pretty sure that's called a miracle. <laughs> People being healed of things from accidents over 20 years ago. Come on, he's a good God. Amen. He's a good God and he's in our midst right now. Wow. Thank you, Father. Why don't you open your Bible with me to Philippians chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We love you. Thank you, Papa. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the interactive gospel. <clears throat> God, I thank you that... Thank you that we're not called just to observe... But you're inviting us all to participate in the outpouring of your goodness on the planet. How many people know that, that we're on Team Jesus? <laughs> How many people know that Jesus is winning? <laughs> this section knows. <clears throat> that we're on Team Jesus and Jesus is winning. But here's even more good news. He's winning by a lot. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that God isn't nervous? And he isn't in a hurry? That Jesus isn't, isn't winning by, by two points in the fourth quarter? It's a nail-biter. Anxiety is spiked. People are sweating like, oh, I'm not sure how this one is going to turn out. I'm just not sure. No, Jesus is winning by a lot. We, we know how it turns out. We have the end of the story. Jesus is up by 182 points. <laughs> he's not nervous. He's not anxious. And he's up by so much that it's no longer just the first string who gets to be in the game. Somebody say, come on, Jesus, to that. It's, 
It's not just, you know, the polished preacher. It's not just the senior pastor. It's not just somebody who's got the seminary degree. Everybody who is hungry gets to be in the game. Look, when you're up by 182 points, it's a time that you start putting all the second string people in the game. No, the reality is the second string's been in the game for a long time. The third string have been in the game for a while. Jesus is putting the water boy in the game. He's like, yeah, go ahead, get in there. Give me your bucket. Here, get in there. Look, Jesus is putting cheerleaders in the game. Look, look, we're at the point he's pulling people out of the stands. Yeah, you want to play? Come on, get down here. People are running around like, I don't know the plays. I don't know what to do. He's like, it doesn't matter. We're up by 182 points. Just get in there and do something. (laughs) When you're up by 182 points, that's when it's time to pull out the trick plays. Just try something. The alley-oop, the around the back, the rope-a-dope, just do something and see what happens. (laughs) You know, Psalms 2 says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. laughs. You're, you're up by 182 points. You put the water boy, the cheerleaders, and the they're running around like crazy. They're just trying stuff, and it's still working. He's like, ha, 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 this is awesome. <laughs> Whoa. You know what I've said? <laughs> Do you know what I've said several times over the weekend is that you can access grace where you recognize grace is available. <laughs> oh, have you ever been in a pressure cooker situation? You ever been in that scenario, whether it's sports or work or whatever, and it's like, oh man, we're up by two points. There's a minute left, and like, oh, I got the ball. Don't mess this up. How many people know that's not a fun place to perform in? (laughs) How many people know in that situation you might not even perform your best? (laughs) But but if we put ourselves in that situation, how many people are glad that you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself? (laughs) How many people know that that if you get that you get if you get a word of knowledge wrong, God's not going to fall off the throne. <laughs> if you that you step out and you pray for somebody, it doesn't happen. Like it makes salvation null and void. Like oh no, I just messed up the whole gospel. Oh no, what are we going to do now? No, no. No, we are a part of something that's way bigger than ourselves. Amen? That God has been pouring out his goodness before we were on the scene, and he's going to continue to pour out his goodness, right? It's so big that we can't mess it up. But, uh, uh, thank you for getting excited. (laughs) We can't mess it up, but we do have the opportunity to participate. (sighs) It's Christ in you. This is the hope of glory. Wow, that means the more that you let Christ in you and through you, the more glory is released on the, on the planet. Huh. There's hope for more people to come into his glory. Oh. 
How many people know that, that the first revelation is that Christ wants to be in us? Okay, I'll try this side. The, how many people know that the first revelation is Christ wants to be in us? But the second revelation is he wants to get out of us. <laughs> that he is in you as a river, not a lake. <laughs> first he wants to get in there, but then he wants to do something once he's in there. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> Thank you, Father. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. <sighs> How many people want to be more like Jesus? You know, you know, in Hebrews 1, verse 3, it says, Jesus is the express image of the Father. Or it means that Jesus is the exact likeness, the perfect representation of the Father. Do you know that's in verse 3? Hebrews 1 verse 9 says that because you who love righteousness and hated lawlessness, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions. What does that mean? That means Jesus was the happiest guy in the room. in your Bible. <laughs> God, your God has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions, beyond all the people around you. You're the happiest guy. No wonder why the world liked hanging out with him. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Can we read the word of God together? Yes? Okay. You and I, you and I, we're going to read the word and we're going to get rocked together. Anybody else want to jump in on this? Philippians chapter 4, if you're there, say, come on, Jesus. Philippians 4 and verse 4 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. When? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Always. And just in case you didn't get it, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. How many people think that's important? <laughs> oh, thank you. You guys are going to make me work this morning. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. Why should we rejoice in the Lord always? Well, one, because he's good. And two, because he saved me. You guys are going to make me work. <laughs> Two, because he saved me. Is anybody glad that you've been pulled out of darkness? Is, is anybody also glad that you haven't just been pulled out of darkness? You've also been put into his marvelous light. Wow. Then sometimes we relate to God like he pulled me out of darkness and he left me on the banks. All, you know, broken and beat up and, you know, my chains are broken, but they've got shackles hanging there and dirty rags. And No, that's not what it says. He didn't just pull us out of darkness. Come on, Jesus. He didn't just pull us out of darkness and leave, leave us there. He pulled us out of darkness and he put us into his marvelous light. Whew. I think that's reason to rejoice. <laughs> rejoice when? 
always. <laughs> and again, I say rejoice. Wow. The, one of the keys to get more is to really, to really learn how to appreciate what we have. <laughs> Jesus is winning by a lot. Jesus wants to be here more than we want him to be here. Jesus is doing more on planet Earth right now than he's ever done at any time in history. Whoa, I've got good news for you. You are living in the greatest revival the world has ever seen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's really true. You are living in the greatest revival. Statistically, we are living in the greatest revival the world has ever seen. There is more people getting born again every single minute right now than at any time in history ever in the world. God is doing more miracles, releasing more evidence of his grace, more displays of his power than at any time in history. There are more miracles happening, more salvations happening, more life-transforming life encounters happening. Do you know that in the Middle East... That, that, that it is common for, for Muslims in the Middle East to have dreams of Jesus. They get born again because they have dreams of Jesus. Where he, where he comes to them in a dream and reveals himself and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Will you follow me? <laughs> it's pretty hard to say no when that happens. It is so common that there are actually billboards in the Middle East that say, if you've had a dream of the man in white, Call this number. Ha, 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 ha. We know, we know a missionary in the Middle East that, that God gave him this strategy. Go to the mosque when they're having service. Stand outside of the door. As people are coming out, just ask them, have you had a dream of the man in white? It's, we got to get this. It's happening so much that he just stands out. Side of the door, people come out. He says, have you had a dream of the man in white? And the ones who say yes, he says, okay, come stand over here. I'll talk to you in a minute. By the time everybody's out, he's got, he's got a group of five, six, eight people. Every single time. And then he tells them about their dream, tells them about Jesus. If they're not already born again from the dream, he gets them born again. And they become his, they become his church plant. Wow! Somebody said, come on, Jesus! <laughs> wow, do you know that God, God has got the third string in the game? He's got the cheerleaders in the game. He's got the people in the stands in the game. That God is no longer just moving through like one place at a time. You know, just the anointed man of God, just the pastor. That God, what God is doing on the planet, he's doing through every age group. Every social class, every economic sphere, every education realm, he's just doing it. The thing that qualifies people after giving their life to Jesus is just being hungry. If you're hungry, he says, go ahead, get in the game. Ha, ha, ha. That's how I got in. <laughs> he said, let me hold your water bucket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. <laughs> Aren't you glad that the Bible says he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise? 
I think I said this earlier in the weekend, but as the director of the healing ministries at our church for, for almost seven years, leading healing rooms, healing homes, healing outreaches, healing schools, healing conferences, I mean, you name it, anything I did had the word healing in the title. <laughs> but as the director of all that, if I prayed for you three times and nothing happened, I'll tell you to go find a six-year-old and have them pray for you. Why? Because he loves to use the foolish things of the world. It doesn't say he's willing. It doesn't say that he'll grudgingly do it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll try that one again. <clears throat> he's it, doesn't, it doesn't just say he's willing. He doesn't, he's not just grudgingly like, oh, okay, I guess if I have to. No, he loves to do it. Why? Because, because when it doesn't make sense in our minds, the only person that can get credit is him. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that brings hope to me. Wow. Oh. I'm on the third string, and that just qualifies me to see him do amazing things. Come on, Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. Always. And again, I say rejoice. Oh. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Father. The greatest way to get more is to learn how to appreciate what we have. I don't know about you, but I've got God in the room with me. He's here. And he's not even grudgingly here. He's excited to be here. <clears throat> and if I'm looking to tomorrow, if I'm looking at like, oh, but this is what I need and this is what I want. And God, what about this? And this, why hasn't this happened yet? And what about this? And when are we going to get breakthrough in that? Guess what happens? I actually minimize my own faith. But when I, but when I appreciate what I already have, oh, God, you're the most amazing thing ever. God, you didn't just pull me out of darkness. You put me into your marvelous light. Oh, Jesus, you're here. Oh, aren't you glad his presence is here? Father, we can feel your presence. We're aware of you in the room. <laughs> wow. What, what would happen? What would happen to a church? that began to really live out of this place of the recognition that his presence is him. That his presence is him. And every time we come together, every time we gather, every time we pray, every time we read the Bible, it doesn't matter. But especially when we come together corporately, we start to worship and that sense of peace starts to come in the room. How many people know that that sense of peace is not just a response to a good song? <laughs> <laughs> it's a response to open hearts that are hungry for him. And it's actually, it's actually the God of all creation that's coming in the room. You know what that means to me? 
That means I get to leave here this morning with this crazy revelation that I was in the same room as God. <laughs> I, get to, I get to run out of here like, oh, you will never believe what happened to me. What? What happened to you? I was in the same room as God. <laughs> People be like, you're crazy. <laughs> but freedom is attractive. <clears throat> and they might just they might just say, they might just say, like, you're crazy. But why is all the pain from my cancer gone? <laughs> what you're saying, that sounds crazy, but I had a migraine before you said it, now my migraine's gone. <laughs> what you're saying sounds crazy, but why do I just feel better about myself when I'm around you? Oh, I have been saying this all weekend. God gets excited about those who get excited about him. You know, in, in Hebrews 11, it says, you can't please God apart from faith. Uh, you know, it also says that, that before Enoch was taken, he had this testimony. He pleased God. How many people want that testimony? <laughs> you could just put that on my headstone right now. <clears throat> the, the Enoch has this testimony. He pleased God. I want to tell, tell you this, <clears throat> and then we'll eventually come to a point. You can't please God apart from faith. You know, we've seen God do really phenomenal things. We've seen, we've seen three-hour miracle breakouts in, in Denny's. <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen miracle breakouts in the Jewish quarter of the old city Jerusalem. Come on, Jesus. You know, the same day we had... A, we had an hour and 15 minute miracle breakout inside the upper room in Jerusalem. <laughs> inside the upper room, you know, like the upper room. Like Acts 2, like Holy Spirit fell, cloven tongues of fire, they're all baptized, filled with the Spirit of God. <clears throat> yeah, the upper room. It's not, you know, it's not the original upper room, but they built this upper room where they think that it was. But it's still, even what they built is still hundreds of years old. <clears throat> and so I go in there and like the presence of God is just in there. People from all over the world for hundred years have been coming and just adoring Holy Spirit in that place. And thanking God for pouring out his spirit on mankind. How many people think that's a cool place to go and worship? <laughs> so I've been there. I've been there probably five times. I've been there four previous times. Every time, I would just go and I'm worshiping. And the first time I'm worshiping, I'm laying on the floor, and I'm like, oh, this is where Holy Spirit fell. This is, this is it. I mean, they think it's the actual location, even though it's, it's a new building. But I'm like, this is where Holy Spirit fell. Oh, and then I start dreaming as I'm laying on the floor. And I start thinking to myself, I can't think of a better place in the whole world to have a breakout of miracles 
in the very place where you fell. Holy Spirit. And I dream that the first year, and then I go back the next year, and I'm laying on the floor, and I start dreaming the same thing. Oh, this would be amazing. The third year, I'm there, I'm laying on the floor, and I'm dreaming the same thing. And I, and I get up off the floor the third year, and, and I actually see this guy, like this, this backpacker, and, his, and his, his wife or girlfriend, he had this knee brace on, and I'm like, oh, he's got a knee brace, and I've got Jesus. <laughs> This is a match made in heaven. <laughs> and so, long story short is, you know, start talking to him, end up praying for him. His knee gets totally healed. And before I started praying for him, like there was a bunch of other tourists, you know, groups just kind of come through, hang out, you know, worship, pray, whatever. And the room was pretty full of people. And so I'm praying for this. And his knee gets healed. And he starts doing like, you know, I love it when people respond the way they should. It always disturbs me, you know, when people are like, you know, they have like no emotional response. I'm like, you've been blind from birth and now you can see? Uh-huh. <laughs> you'd, you'd be amazed at this, this stuff that, that we see. It's, it's wild. But anyway, this guy is responding the way that you think people should. And he's like, oh, my goodness. And he's like telling his girlfriend, like, it really doesn't hurt anymore. This is wild. I'm like, I'm like yes. Because how many people know faith releases more faith? And breakthrough releases more breakthrough. So he's jumping up and down. I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is the moment. This is going to break open stuff. And I turn to tell the rest of the people, look what Jesus has done. And they're all gone. <laughs> the whole place is just empty. Like, we're like the only four people in there. I'm like, where did everybody go? I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> and so, you know, we hang out with them, talk to them, say goodbye. Well, the next year... I come back, so this is now the fourth year, and the fourth year we come back, wow, (laughs) how many people know that God is into our dreams? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The fourth year we come back, I don't even have a chance to lay on the floor and soak. I don't even have a chance to have the same dream that I had the three previous years, because I come in the room, and this time it is really packed. I mean, there's a bunch of people in there, and specifically, there's this tour group of about 50 people from Korea. There's 50 Koreans in one quarter, corner, and they are worshiping Jesus. I mean, I mean worshiping. They're like singing, and it is beautiful, and they're just filling the place. And I got a team with me. There's like six of us. We walk in. We're like, whoa, this is awesome, and, and we're just kind of sliding in along the wall looking for a place to to kind of camp out, and you know, the place is full, and this, this group just worshiping. We're just like, this is awesome. And then the leader of the group, he, he turns and kind of sees us sneaking in. He looks at me. He's got this look in his eye. I'm like, okay. And so he leaves the group, and he comes over towards me, and we're in Jerusalem, Israel. And he walks up to me, and he goes, he goes you're from Bethel Church, aren't you? I'm like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> He goes, you work with Bill Johnson, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. He goes, good, pray for my sinuses. <laughs> I never met this man before in my life. He's from Korea. We're from California. And he's like, I know you. And he's like, pray for my sinuses. I'm like, okay. 
So I put my hand on his nose. I'm still just kind of in shock. I'm just obeying because he's like so determined. I'm like, okay. I put my hand on his nose and I start to pray. The only problem is he starts shaking under the power of God and falls on the floor. He's falling, he's shaking and flopping on the floor. I'm like, whew, didn't expect that to happen. And when that happens, now the leader is on the ground shaking and flopping and the whole group, all 50 of them, stop singing. They turn and they look at me with this look in their eye that says, we flew halfway around the world because we want more of God, and I think that's it. And they start coming at us with this look that says, you better give us what you just gave him or we're going to eat you. And I'm like, oh, we're like... Our back is against the wall like this. It's honestly what I haven't. Our back, you can, you can, if you go way back on our Facebook page, you can see pictures of our backs against the wall like this. I just turned to the team. I said, guys, get words of knowledge now. <laughs> right now. And as they're coming towards us, we just start throwing out words of knowledge at the crowd. And like, people just start getting healed like that. Yeah. Wow. You can access grace where you recognize grace. Miracles just start happening like this, and like it was so unexpected. But people are getting healed, backs and knees and necks, and all this stuff is happening. And, and, and you know, our team has got our backs up against the wall. And after a few minutes, there's somebody laying on the ground over here, shaking. Somebody over here is going through deliverance. Somebody over here is getting baptized in joy. Like somebody over here is getting healed. It's just all happening. It's happening, and then I realize I'm down here, I'm praying for somebody's ankle, and next thing I know, there's this huge television camera, you know, like the -the over-the-shoulder one, in my face, going like this. I'm like, where did you come from? And I look up, and there's four of those cameras filming the whole thing. Later on, we find out that the group was actually there in Israel filming a documentary. That's why they were there. (laughs) Just like God... Supply the bonus footage. (laughs) So this is happening, but it goes on for over an hour because tour groups just come in. People just come in, tourist groups. People come in, but they walk into this spontaneous miracle breakout that's going on. People don't have their crutches anymore. People are jumping up and down. People are like, I can hear out of my ear. I mean, it's, it's craziness, the good kind. So more tourists walk in, you know, with their backpacks and their cameras or whatever. They just walk in and they walk like, whoa, what is going on here? And people are like, Jesus just healed me. And they're like, okay, well, why don't you pray for my back? And it just kept going like that. More people come in. And we went like this for over an hour. Now, here's the, here's the funny part to me is that there is a, there's a security guard stationed at a desk about six feet out Side the door, you know, just checking, make sure everything's, everything is fine, and just watching people go in, checking backpacks or whatever he wants, and and so this whole thing is going on for an hour, and the security guard never comes in one time, and it's also his job. He just comes and walks a lap in the room, just make sure everything's fine every few minutes, and like, so this is going on for an hour. I mean, we're having Holy Spirit breakout revival. People are getting saved, people are getting delivered, people are laying out on the floor everywhere, and tears and joy, and, and so after it all kind of, like, people stop coming in, and it just kind of, the, the room just kind of, people fizzle through, and, 
And next thing you know, after an hour and 15 minutes or so, the team, we find ourselves in there pretty much alone. And we end up, we're just laying on the floor with just this awe, like, I can't believe this just happened. We're just laying on the ground like, oh, God, I can't believe this just happened. Wow. And then the security guard walks in. (laughs) He comes over to us. He goes, hey, you can't be on the floor. Get up. And so we're like, oh, okay, sorry, no problem. And we get up, you know, we're like, we've been there for a while, so we kind of pack up and we leave. And it wasn't until I got home, back to California, I was telling somebody the story that this thought hit me. I don't know if it's my imagination or if it was the Holy Spirit, but I'm like, as I was telling the story, I'm like, where was that security guard the last hour and a half? As all that craziness was going on, people screaming, getting delivered, you know, crying, joy, miracles, people throwing their crutches down, video cameras. I'm like, where was he then? And then I got this picture in my mind of this angel standing behind him at his desk with his fingers in his ears like this going. I don't know if that part was God or not, <laughs> but here's what I do know. The Bible tells us to rejoice. Yeah. To rejoice when? Always. Always. Oh, always. Wow. <laughs> you know, Pastor Rick already quoted one of the scriptures that I was going to use, but Psalms 37 says to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Do you know that, that, that I believe that we're called to find this place of rejoicing in God because he has given us the ability to recognize and to appreciate with genuine adoration what he's already given us. How many people know the, the story of Jesus feeding the multitudes with a few loaves and a few fish? That, that in life, in life, we always come in these situations where we want this to happen and we have this right now. And we're like, God, I need, I need 5,000 lunches. I need 5,000 lunches and I got a lunch box with a few loaves and a few fish. <clears throat> in that moment, what do we see? In that moment, what do we see? And here's what I feel like God wants to hit this morning. That sometimes that we can even rejoice out of routine. I believe that religion, religion would cause us to rejoice, not because we actually appreciate the fact that we have a few loaves and a few fish, but because we think we because but out of motivation because we want something else. And we'll rejoice like, oh, that's all I have. But the principle says, if I rejoice, I'll get here. So God, get me here, get me here, get me here, get me here. But I think the true place of rejoicing happens when we delight ourselves in the Lord. We delight ourselves in the Lord. 
Like, oh my goodness, look at this. Look at this. Look, I got some loaves and some fish. This is amazing. I started in the stands. I wasn't even a cheerleader. How did I get here? I got some loaves and I got some fish. This is amazing. Oh my God, you're so wonderful. You're so kind. And the world's looking at you and they're like, he's only got a couple loaves and a couple fish. But you are living in the heavenly realms. You're like, oh, this is Jesus. Look what I got. Look at, look at, look at. This is God. God gave these to me. This is the most wonderful thing ever. And the world's going, I don't get it. But next thing you know, you start passing it out, and it doesn't stop coming. It doesn't stop coming. 5,000 men are fed and their families. And there's, there's abundance left over. How much of God is in the room right now? How much does God want to be with you? There's no such thing as a little bit of God. Put your hands out in front of you like this. Yeah. And just say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you love me and that you like me and that you want to be with me even more than I want you to be with me. Thank you for filling me with your love and your presence. Thank you that a little bit is enough to change the world. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Yeah, I'm going to close, but I've been talking about the healing rooms and the miracles and stuff that have happened there that... We see deaf ears open up on a regular basis. Do you know that for about seven, eight years, I'm not aware of a single Saturday morning that somebody hasn't been healed of deafness or hearing loss? Say, come on, Jesus. Just about every single week, somebody is healed of cancer. Come on, Jesus. Just about every month, somebody has a tumor not just that we get the report that it left, but it actually dissolves in the moment in front of our eyes. Tumor disappears. Come on, Jesus. But you know, the way that we got there was learning how to rejoice in the little things as though it was the biggest thing. The revelation, look, when we learn how to celebrate somebody's little finger getting healed as though it was cancer being healed, it becomes the gateway to seeing cancer healed. Look, when, you say, when you say, God, come, and, and he comes, and somebody who had pain in their finger for three weeks and the pain goes away, we have two responses. We can say, oh, but God, when are you going to come and do the big things? When are you going to come and when are you, God, when are you going to come and heal cancer? And God, when are tumors going to dissolve? God, God, when are people going to get out of wheelchairs? And, and God, these are the things I want. These are the things I want. 
But the Bible says you can't please God apart from faith. I don't think the, the greatest expression of faith is always when the greatest miracle happens. I believe the greatest expression of faith is the moment when you believe God. And you believe who he is and all that he says that he is. The moment when you recognize that even a little bit is enough to change the whole world. That when you go, oh, your finger, you had pain in your finger for three weeks and it just got healed. Do you know what that means? That means God just invaded the place where we're standing. The God of all heaven and earth just came in the room. This is the most amazing thing ever. And you start shouting it from the mountaintops, from the rooftops, from the intersections. You're like, you'll never believe what God did. It was the most incredible thing ever. Yeah. People are like, what are you talking about? You know, no, that guy, he had pain in his finger for three weeks and the pain went away. People are like, the world is scratching their head. But you could see what they can't yet see. That the God of all creation just invaded the place where you are. Why? Because in, in God's estimation, there is no, one miracle is no bigger than the other. How many of you have figured out that it's not harder for God to heal cancer than it is a little finger? <laughs> it's only often harder for us to believe. But when, but when we're like, God, it's the most amazing thing ever. And we get up on Sunday morning, we're like, you'll never believe what happened. Let me tell you, let me tell you. God healed a little finger three weeks of pain was gone. <laughs> then the next week you get up and you tell the same story. And the next week, six weeks later, you're like, oh, let me tell you about this time when God invaded the room we were in. You can't please God apart from faith. I tell you, faith isn't when the person gets out of the wheelchair. Faith is when you recognize how much God wants to be there. Faith is when you recognize that even a little bit is enough to change the world. Faith is when you recognize that God didn't just pull you out of darkness, but he put you into his marvelous light. Here's what I believe happens. You ask God for more, and God gives you a drop, whoop, and he wants to see what you're going to do with it. And if we're like, oh, but God, when? Or you could be the person that God gives a little bit of drop, and you're like, whoa, did you feel that? Did you feel that? Did you feel that? I think God touched me. Yeah, right there. Look, no, I'm not going to wash that spot for a year. Look, oh, it was the most amazing thing ever, and you're telling everybody you're running out in the streets, oh, God, the God of heaven touched me. And God, God at that point, he's calling the angels over. He's like, hey, come here. No, no, look. Really, come here. You got to see this. Look at, look at that guy. Look at, look at. Three weeks ago, I gave him a little bit. He's still running around like crazy. Let's, let's see what happens if we give him some more. <clears throat> you know and end with this statement. We're going to pray. I know it's been a while. Rejoice in the Lord always. You know, that, that word rejoice there in the Greek, it comes from two root words, and it means to lean towards favorably, one 
root word, and the other root word is, is to delight in God's grace. It means to literally experience or delight in the grace of God that is upon you right now. When? Always. You want to see good things happen? Get really good at rejoicing in the good things that are upon you right now. Because in the rejoicing opens up the realm for more. If you, if you, doesn't matter if you feel like you're in the third string, cheerleader, water boy, you're in the stands, but if you want to be in the game and you want to, and you want to rejoice in the goodness of God that's upon you and watch the more that he'll open up, I want to invite you to stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We love you, love you, love you. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Just put your hands out in front of you. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we say come. Holy Spirit, we say come. Father, we thank you for the ability, God, to recognize that even a little bit of you is enough to change the world. Father, I thank you for your grace. Wow. Father, that right now, we lean in favorably, God, to the grace that you're pouring out upon us, God, that we delight ourselves in you, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you, ha that as we delight in you, that you release the desires of our heart, God. We don't delight because we need something, we delight because we have something. Thank you, Jesus. We have you. And Father, I thank you that in that place of delighting, God, that you're healing that digestive tract right now. Anybody with digestive issues, um, I specifically like uh, Crohn's disease, irritable, irritable bowel, or even a blockage in the digestive area. Just put your hand on that part of your body right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We release the grace of heaven in Jesus' name. God is also healing. Um, he's, he's, he did it over the weekend, but he's healing specifically, I believe, the right shoulder. Somebody's got rotation issues in the right shoulder. God's healing that right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Wow. Holy Spirit, come. Move in this place, Papa, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, God. Yeah, we rejoice in you, Papa. Come on. Father, we love you. If you believe that there's power in learning how to appreciate what we have right now, that it opens up the door to more. I just all want to give God praise together for what is upon us. And for, and for what is on the way in Jesus' name. Father, we, yeah, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, Father, I thank you that you're restoring that digestive area in Jesus' name right now, Papa. 
Thanks, Papa. There's, um, there's uh, two things that I felt like were really specifically key for, for where we're at, and this is called enjoying the process. Learning how to enjoy the process, the dance with God, going from glory to glory. Anybody want this message on enjoying the process? Okay, that lady right there. Just pass that back to her. And this, this is called partnering with God's pleasure. Realizing that God actually enjoys seeing the world. It, it brings the Father pleasure. Colossians 1.19. It, it brings the Father pleasure that in Him all the fullness should dwell. And to reconcile all things. Say all things. To himself, through himself. You want this one? You've heard it before. Whether things in heaven or things on earth, that actually gives him pleasure to do it. So our ability to partner with God's pleasure and seeing the world around us restored. Okay, there you go. You got it in Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. Let's just give Jesus praise together if we can do that. Bless you guys. It's been a real privilege to be here with you and to partner with what God is doing in your midst. Amen, amen, amen. Whoa. Dude, that was hardcore. That was like off the chart. I couldn't help but... Thinking about that guy running around and God just looking, I, I couldn't help but think, forget about Second Chronicles sixteen nine, where it says, "The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, that He may strongly support those whose hearts are completely His." You know, I, you know, I just can't help but we. I think we've got to do repent of one thing, because you know, God has been healing a lot of people in this church. And to rejoice in the, in those things, and I, you know, I, you know, I have to confess, you know, I, like I was telling Tom this morning, I, you know, you know, sometimes your heart gets, you know, it's saying, oh yeah, we may see so many things, but I didn't see Jim get up and walk, you know, you know, and I, you know, and so you know, uh, I think God's just teaching us how to rejoice in the small. I mean, like recognizing, I like what he said, a little bit of God. That's a thing to get messed up about, you know? You know? So, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. We just rejoice and we thank you, Lord. Or thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, forgive us for being hard-hearted, God. We rejoice. We praise you, Lord. Yeah, God. Yeah. God, I mean, it's, dude. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of messed up in this right now. So, well, y'all, I know we're supposed to go. We got a bunch of kids in here that are that are hungry, and child care workers in the back that need deliverance. So, so let's. Uh, you got something you want to add? Pray. I, just, I do want to thank Renee and uh, Joaquin uh, just for being with us. We just do thank you. And I, 
Renee's word, I, I really, you know, I mean, both words are awesome, but I mean, Renee's word at the beginning, y'all, about roll to the Lord, I mean, headed to the Lord, roll. So roll out this door, right at Jesus, and he promises what? He'll, he'll lead, he'll do it, he'll do it. He'll make your path straight. Holy rollers, I like that. <laughs> So let's go. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this weekend. We rejoice and we praise. I thank you, Lord, for the revelation to us, Lord. Thank you for the investment of, of Joaquin and Renee and Lord Bethel Church in California. We thank you for them releasing them to come and impart unto us. But, Lord, it's cool having them here. But, Lord, the cool, really cool thing is you're here. And like, uh, I like what Joaquin said, Lord. You know, he said, the, the water boy, Lord, thank you, Jesus, Lord. I'm second to it. It don't matter, Lord. God. And Lord, I, you know, I love what he said. I don't have to worry about messing up. Oh, Jesus, thank you, God. Oh, God, thank you. So, Lord, I just say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we can go and make a difference. Have fun, Lord, and it's just going to happen. So, God, we go in Jesus' name. I bless Everyone here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Huh?